A win for the Phoenix Suns in Detroit after an ugly one in Philadelphia. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, Kevin Durant is still that dude. And maybe Phoenix Suns fans need to worry just a touch less. We'll break it all down. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Happy Monday. Starting off a new week, you're probably here Sunday evening as well, coming off of a road east coast of sorts, back-to-back by the Suns. Very Different results in each game. We'll get to each one. We're free and available everywhere. So hit follow or hit subscribe. Get a show in your feed Monday through Friday. Become an everydayer and get locked onto the Suns right alongside me each day. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA. All one word for $20 off your first purchase. We'll have more from them later on in the show. Brandon Duenas is here, as he is every Monday, to break down the Phoenix Suns' 120-106 win over the Pistons, as well as their loss to the Sixers on Saturday. We're going to kind of bounce around both of those games, and we'll go with a moment of the game, try to do this as close to a normal recap show as we possibly can, but Brandon, as we were talking about uh, heading into this, I think you could have picked any number of shots, and I think the ones that stuck out for both of us in this Pistons game specifically, which was Kevin Durant's first 40-point game as a member of the Phoenix Suns is are many of the threes and jumpers that he was just raining over the top of these Pistons bigs, whether that was Marvin Bagley or Isaiah Stewart or Jalen Duran, uh, just a masterclass. And they really did throw a lot of different options at him. Asar Thompson got a shot. Obviously, all these switches happened and nobody could do anything. And it was a much more comfortable victory and, and a victory in the first place than the Suns had to struggle through the beginning of this week. Yeah, no, they needed that one. And I, I think Durant, like newsflash, uh, he's still pretty pretty dang good at basketball, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, a lot of people are reacting on, on Twitter, starting uh, dialogues of like, let's start a conversation about Durant and, and all this nonsense like less than 24 hours ago. So I think anytime you start a road trip and – you know, you got a lot of lineup turnover with Book uh, in and out of the lineup. You have no Beal and rotation kind of, you know, getting messed with. Uh, it, it's tough for these guys to get a real rhythm and, and understand what their role is. So uh, Kevin Durant just kind of put the team on his back today and said, we're not going to lose. It's, it's the Pistons. Uh, no offense to them. They got some pieces and they're dealing with their own injuries over there. But uh, tonight or today was just a reminder of how great Durant is and, and uh, th- these role players' ability to step up. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy we're, we're getting Twitter, Brandon, I feel like, today. You you have so much spicier takes on Twitter. We got to get them out on the show. I know you have one the next oh, time, yeah. too, but I like the uh, I like the energy. I will admit to being one of the people that, in some ways, had a conversation about Durant. I just got it over with after the first game of the season because what the Warriors did to him kind of worried me, and there are some stats to back a little bit of that up. And, yeah, there are amazing moments. I get a little nervous every time I see him get stripped, but... Uh, it is 
what I feel like I came away from that game thinking without any question, this is not the season Kevin Durant is going to show his age. He is still at the absolute peak, I think, of this version of himself, the guy that he has basically been since the Achilles. I think he's at least that. And to be honest and correct myself a little bit, or at least like clarify or update my take after that uh, Lakers game was, or Warriors game, is the rim frequency is where you want it to be. He's back at 20%, which would be, if it held, uh, it's still very low, and it might not seem like a lot, but that would be the highest proportion of his shots that he's taken at the basket since he tore the Achilles. It would be up there closer to what he was the last couple Golden State seasons, and so I do think that matters. I do think keeping the defense honest is going to be important for him, and when he's predictable, when he's guardable, it's just going to limit the ceiling of this Suns offense. He's getting to the free throw line more than he did last year. A lot of indicators have gone the other direction, so maybe I shouldn't do a one-game sample either. But you're right. This guy is keeping this team afloat, and tonight I think even better that he got to do it and sit the end of the game so his minutes didn't get too high. Exactly, and I think the rim frequency is is definitely a, a major piece and, and also just getting to the line. Uh, doing this all without Booker and Beal. And, and that's the thing a lot of Suns fans are, and just NBA fans in general, I feel like are kind of sleeping on the fact that everyone's life is going to be so much easier once. And I'll put an if at this point, because it feels like, I don't know if we're ever, ever going to see these three on the court at the same time. But but once we get to that that luxury, like it's going to, everything's going to fall into place in terms of the role players don't have to do what they did today. Like Gordon doesn't have to have a big game. Like they can, uh, they have the luxury of those guys just being, average or just chipping in like when they need a big shot like they don't have to do much and that's that's kind of the beauty of like once they get that big three together and the fact that Durant's playing this well without Booker and Beal outside of the two book games like that's also a testament to okay he's he's still being targeted by the defense like he's a number one focus like let's do everything we can to like not lose to Kevin Durant and he's still dropping 41 uh and you know the the Philly game is a different story. Like, I think uh, that was more of just the role players. Like you're going to get nights like that where they're, they're not going to be able to, or days. I keep saying nights. I'm just not I know. used to these day it's games. The weirdest uh, schedule. Truly. But, uh, but yeah, I think Durant's just ability to take over games. It's, it's just not going to change. And, and the more diverse his offensive attack is the more he already is unguardable, but um, I think it really adds, uh, like you said, just keeps the defense honest and, and really adds another element to the, the Suns' offensive potential, especially when the, once those other dynamic scorers are back. So I'm excited to see it all come together, and it will one day. It will one day. Let's just stay patient. Uh, patience is a virtue, so it, we'll just stay tuned until then. Yeah, after tonight's game, I did it too. He's averaging 29.8 points per game, and obviously three and four is not the record that you would like, but I mean – I don't know if if he's 80% as good in even this game against the Pistons, it, it might not be a win. You got a very good night out of Gordon and Allen, but it's uh it's they've needed every single inch of what he's given them. And I think too, you look at two blocks in this game and the fact that I think maybe even more than the two blocks, you you notice when He's not out there defensively a lot. And I think because Little and Kata Bates-Diop, who looked decent against the Spurs and not quite as much today, even against the Sixers, it wasn't 
crazy. It wasn't anything special. The fact that the backup four is Yuta Watanabe right now is like maybe the most telling thing about how much Duran is valuable on the defensive end because people were kind of lauding Yuta in, in spots today for helping at the rim against Duran and different things. And then, you know, the next play he's he's going to get dunked on or he's going to get a rebound ripped from him because he's not a, a four, really, you know. And so I think there's so many things that lead back to Duran about this team. And I, I don't know where they would be in this stretch without him. But let's pivot to a little bit of a bigger picture conversation. Brandon has some additional words about the panic that that may or may not be happening. And we can just sort of talk again about where this team stands as a result of this stretch, because I think people feel very differently about it. Were there things you can learn? Is this just lost time? And then we'll switch to the injuries to close out the show. First, today's show brought to you by Game Time. Just told you about a couple of events that I purchased tickets for using game time, including a concert down at Arizona Financial Theater. We have, uh, well, we didn't end up getting them, but I believe Doja Cat is coming here this week, and my wife and I definitely did check in on those, mostly because somehow my little sister is getting tickets. Game time had a pretty good deal. We ended up, it couldn't work out time-wise, but they always have something. They have last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, lowest price guarantee, a bunch of stuff to make sure you're getting the best price that you possibly can. They also show you your, show you your view from each seat. They have easy-to-find, easy-to-use app, and then a bunch of protections if something goes wrong, event cancellation, job loss, a whole bunch of different guarantees to make sure that you have peace of mind. That's the main thing GameTime wants you to do. Again, see the view, all your prices up front, very easy-to-use app, and all those protections and guarantees to make sure you get what you need, whether it's Comedy, sports, theater, whatever you love. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Brandon, I will give you the floor here. I think there's, I feel like there's more there. I know you were getting into it with the Durant stuff. This team is... Three and four. They lost three in a row, two close ones to the Spurs, an understandable one to a team in Philly that is playing pretty well on the road early in the day. And they now head into a Bulls game that can get them back to 500. We'll talk about the injuries, but this has not been the start anybody expected from this team from a personnel standpoint, a style standpoint, anything. But is 500 or close to it? manageable to you still do you feel like when is the point where you would start to worry might be the way to put it so give give people a piece of your mind but then tell me what you think the kind of trial period is before you're starting to look up at the standings and get a little nervous yeah look i mean i'll I'll preface this with the fact that do i want to see the big three play together absolutely do i want to see the suns lose games no these are these are uh two separate categories of this conversation but i think Everyone just needs to like take a deep breath collectively together here. And it's not just because of this win. Like even if the Suns somehow lost this game, I would still have the same takeaway. Like it's November 5th. We we have uh we, we've had a November where we've seen the Suns not lose a single game. And and that like how did that season end? There's no correlation to November basketball in the playoffs. Like, yes, it would be great for them to develop chemistry and 
I, I really do want to see them get those reps because I think they're important, but we, we still have so much time. You have to think big picture here. And I don't think uh, November is a time to panic. Now, if we're getting closer to the, the year flipping and it's 2024 and the same issues are just resurfacing and we can't get these three guys on the court at the same time, then, then yeah, I think that the panic button would definitely, depending on the record too. Like, I think that the main goal right now is tread water, keep yourself in the mix, uh, get these guys healthy and just go on a run where you can develop that chemistry and, and win games in the process. So I think just all these overreactions and it's not just Suns Twitter, it's like reporters too, like bait tweeting. And it's honestly, those are the ones that because fans are going to fan like that. I get that, but the reporters and like some of these narratives that are already being pushed out are just sickening. It's like, have you never covered the NBA before? Like, I, I just don't, I, I don't get it. I really don't. And I think there's, it sounds there's like so there's somebody updates. specific that you have maybe in oh, mind. there's a list I, I i need to create like a pdf or like an excel sheet or something because there's i've seen so many bad takes that i just don't even know where to start on this like it's it's crazy to me like i maybe it's the twitter monetization impressions thing that's making it worse <laughs> but uh i don't know like i it just feels like there's more overreactions this year than than ever than i can ever remember uh yeah but yeah it's it's, it's important like like i said before like i want to see this team win i think they've, they've lost some very winnable games that they could kick themselves uh, for later down the road just for seeding purposes. But as far as the on-court stuff, like I'm not going to panic about what's happening with, you know, role players struggling in a game they're asked to do more than they're supposed to. And that's going to change once they get these guys back. And if your concerns about the injuries primarily, I get it. Like it's, that's something, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. That's kind of been the looming issue with, or like, I guess one of the main concerns with the Suns entering the preseason yeah. And we all thought we we're going to see them all healthy to start the year. And we haven't. So I get, I get that frustration, but it's as far as like some of these, these takes, it's just like, relax. It's November. Let's give these guys 20, 30 games and into the season. And before we make any declarations about people being washed or anything like that. Yeah. I believe last year, the top two seeds in the West this time, or even by the end of November were new Orleans and Memphis you know, 12 you. months ago. And now the Grizzlies have not won a basketball game. The Pelicans look the same as they did, but nobody necessarily knows if they can trust that team. And a lot of things change. So it's it's totally reasonable to say that. The Suns right now, after tonight's game, are 10th in net rating, 12th in offense, and 9th in defense. If even that held, that's a 50-ish win season with a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. And most people would describe that as a title contender. And that's without yeah. the best players on the team, right? So I think that's One the other thing. part of it. Yeah. For, for you, like, do you, do you remember their record, uh, their first, I mean, it's pretty, I feel like everyone does at this point, but just the year they made the finals, what, what were their, was their record after 16 games? It was eight and eight, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, there's no point of panicking until we get past, I think that 30 game mark is honestly where you start to get a real idea of who your team is. And for the Suns, if they're, if they start this season, eight and eight, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not going to panic either. So. Yeah. I think especially what players are on offense is just impossible to peg right now. Mm -hmm. They're like, you just even look at today's box score where I said, Gordon and Allen, that that's about as good of an offensive game from those two, as you could hope for. It's like, that's true, but really that's true in this role because I would hope Grayson Allen 
is taking more than three threes in a game, right? And, you know, it's like Gordon with eight assists. Like, obviously, that's not normal. So guys are or judging Little versus Akogi versus Bates Diop for that fifth spot or even Yuta. It's like a lot of what even the job description is right now is just so different that it's hard for me to even evaluate it, let alone be too harsh on one side or the other. Um, but yeah, I think to me, it's what I've been focused maybe more on is because Vogel is talking about it, the turnovers, the defensive principles, the possession game, some of the stuff that it, you either have those habits or you don't. And obviously it's still early for that too, but it's like if if they aren't building a good transition defense, if they seem to have issues keeping hold of the ball, which also is impacted by the stars not being in, but still like stuff like that, okay, I'll get a little bit worried or Durant with the shot selection and shot getting to his spots types of stuff that I talked about after the the Warriors game. Like those things matter, but yeah, big picture as I was saying a minute ago, the other part of it is the Suns have lost a lot of close games this year. And that's why their net rating is still where it's at. And they have a positive one, even though they're below 500 in the win-loss. They lost two close games to the Spurs. They lost a close game to the Lakers. They blew out the Jazz. They've now blown out the uh, Pistons. And the Sixers lost. Maybe you split the difference. That one was kind of like a middle-of-the-road type of loss. But... Still, they they've they've managed to kind of stay afloat in there. Their big picture numbers look good, so I think it's hard to worry about anything but the injuries. So, do you have any more thoughts on this stuff, or can we kind of <laughs> end with the depressing, weird part of the show? Uh, just a couple like little takeaways from today, and just yeah. kind of to highlight Eric Gordon, like what you mm-hmm. what you said, he's he's not going to be in this role once they get these other guys back, but that's why his addition is so huge. Like 21, eight and five, like an eight to one assisted turnover ratio, like running the point, basically playing with KD and uh, Durant definitely at the, in his post game interview brought him up, just shouting him out saying it's, it's good to have a veteran he can trust. So I think uh, that along with out rebounding the Pistons who have some size uh, up front, that was another, like just that gang rebounding mentality, like the, the toughness that, uh, a Kogi Goodwin and, and Eubanks bring like that's really I've, I've said that before like that's kind of what's formed their their identity outside of their their main guys so um, I'm loving the the effort and they put together some really impressive defensive stretches like that's that's a, the main thing that really stands out to me with without these guys so uh, once they put it all together I think um, this defense will be like surprisingly one of the better ones in the league uh, honestly at this at this point. Yeah, the turnover creation was nice to see today, uh, especially Cade turning it over six times. That's that's good to see. And I just was looking at those stats in the box score and noticed that Asar Thompson had four steals and four blocks, and he is an absolute alien. And I don't understand either of the Thompson twins. It feels like they're playing a different sport than everybody else is. But that is a topic for Locked on Pistons. Let's pivot to the injuries because... We now have another Devin Booker injury. We have Bradley Beal warming up pregame before the Sixers game. I don't know if he did a similar thing today. I didn't see it, 
Uh, Dwayne Rankin is kind of my only <laughs> source of info on that. I don't think he posted the same types of videos this time. We can double check that. But what's going on? How much do we know? And what do we make of it next? First, today's show brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So you do have to win, but look, you can get one money line winner. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action, the app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and, of course, the money lines that you're trying to get right for that bonus. We have odds for Monday's NBA slate. I'm looking at Celtics-Wolves. The Celtics just seem like a freight train. They've scored like 120-plus in four straight games. They have the best offensive rating in the league by a mile. They're only four-point favorites on the road against Minnesota. I get that's respect for the home team, but that one's interesting. Of course, the NFL odds will be out Monday morning by the time you're listening to this. So check it out. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. Celebrate the return of the NBA. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's keep it rolling. Close things out, Brandon. Um, I just want to ask you a question point blank because I feel like it's low key on everybody's mind. People are starting to Wonder, I've seen it on Twitter, and I don't know if I fully believe it, but I think it just has to be said so that we're not ignoring what people are worried about. Is it the shoes with Devin Booker? Man, I, I mean, it's not looking good. That's, I'm not going to say it's the shoes, but the, there's definitely a, a long list of coincidences there, but but uh, let, let's hope not. Let's, let's, let's hope it's not. so crazy, right? I mean, yeah. it's... I don't have any way of knowing. And I know it's just, it's, it's fans. It's, it's people who maybe can be a little bit more, uh, panicky and off the cuff than like, I necessarily think either one of us want to be on a podcast that gets published that anybody could come around and find. Like I respect you, Phil Knight, please do not come at me. I, you know, I, I don't think book would intentionally be so involved in designing a shoe that hurt anybody. I just, it, I don't think it's that necessarily, but it's just so odd that he would have a toe that becomes a foot injury, that becomes an ankle injury, come back way ahead of schedule from all of that, and then have a right lower body injury that's completely different. Now it's a calf strain. I made a point of asking him on Thursday night if he expected to play in these games. And he said, yes, without hesitating at all. He said, every game I'm healthy, I'm going to play for, play in. And so I guess that's the other place to turn with this, Brandon, is he did not seem to indicate on Tuesday night of the opening of the NBA season about two weeks ago that he had anything wrong and then he missed the next three games. And now on Thursday night against the Spurs, when he came back, he didn't indicate anything was wrong. And now he's missed two games and we don't know what's going to come beyond that. So that makes me wonder if it is a little more precautionary and maybe some version of whatever you want to call load management. But I don't know. It also could be legitimate injuries and maybe I'm just doing some wishful thinking by deciding it's not actual injuries. I, I don't know what to think. Yeah. I mean, I thought, so this 
the whole Sixers game thing, I thought that was just kind of a, a cop out for like a load management thing. And I would agree with you, but the fact that he sat this one out makes me yeah. think it's a little bit more than that. So uh, I think he was probably rushed back from, from that injury. And we know how competitive Booker is. He'll probably say whatever he can to get on the court. And, you know, that, that's good and bad uh, because anytime you're dealing with a lower body injury, especially feet, uh, if you start to favor like um, a certain foot or the way you land or cut, like it's, it's going to lead to other injuries. And I think uh, that's it's just speculation on my part. Like, obviously, he could have been completely cleared and good to go. And these are just could have been a part of just the heavy minute workload that he was thrown into. And uh, but but I think a lot of these guys are dealing with pain on a da daily basis. So it's just a matter of managing that pain and making sure nothing uh, long term happens. So at this point. I, I'm definitely more on the side of like, just be cautious with him. And if even if that means missing a few more games that he feels good uh, just to avoid that long-term, I'd rather, instead of doing this play once every two weeks for a game and then sit out, like I just, just get it over with, like have him 110% and come back and just get eased back in the rotation. Like I think they just got to think a little more long-term and it's not to say that they aren't because these guys are, professionals like they, they know what they're doing over there so sometimes stuff just happens in the game and, and players get hurt so hopefully uh he's back soon and it's uh like you said it's more on the load management side and precautionary but um at this point it seems like a legitimate in injury because it's it's tough to keep him and, and durant off the court like those two guys just want to hoop yeah i mean i just hope if it was related to how he came back, whether that was the timing of coming back, how many minutes he played, how hard he pushed himself, which I guess shouldn't matter. You're either ready to play or you're not. If it had anything to do with any of that, what happened on Thursday, then I it's beyond time for them to learn their lessons there, especially Booker himself. Like, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it to play two extra games in a row and then miss the next 10, you know, because it, maybe if you never come back, you only miss eight. Like you, you just, you have to yeah. heal and then come back and then be your best. Like I get it, but you know, it's, it's almost like the opposite of the load management debate that I feel like has kind of taken over the NBA recently, which is a little bit of pushback from players and agents and people like that who are saying, hold on, this is actually the team doing this a lot more than people realize. And you see in those NBA rest rules that they pass that the teams are the ones getting the punishment, which tells you the league kind of knows it's the team too. In this case, it actually feels like the player does have the power and the say-so, and Booker has earned that, but it's up to him to be smarter than that because you think Draymond Green wanted to miss opening night? You know, Do you feel like any number like Zion wanted to miss the second night of the back-to-back -back the other night that he missed or like these things happen and you just you have to go along with it there is a sweet spot in the mm -hmm. middle that I think the Suns need to find because it's now been two years of oh he's back oh never mind and it, it doesn't help anybody yeah and on a more positive note he's looked damn good out there in those two games so that's he's kind an of MVP the candidate exactly yeah he's been he's a probably the best he's ever looked like he's looking like playoff book uh and he hasn't skipped a beat so i think that's what's confusing fans even more is like they see that and they're like he's fine like he's you know he looks like himself but at the same time uh we just don't know you know you don't know how your body's gonna react after a game and the next day too like book could have felt fine that night and, yeah. and wake up the next morning and uh you realize you know 
you, you put a little bit too much strain on on their, your body or a new injury popped up so uh, yeah. yeah at this point it's just kind of just waiting for this to, to end I mean I definitely don't want to make it seem like I think he lied when I asked him that question or anything like that it just adds to the mm-hmm. strangeness of it is yeah. is really all that I would say it it just makes it make less sense that he would think he was on track to play 36 hours later on Thursday night and things swell and stuff starts to hurt. We've all, you could do a workout at the gym and not feel anything the day of. I, we all know how bodies yep. work, but it's just, it makes it more strange. Typically if guys are going to miss a game due to a specific injury, they know it, you know, they know it ahead of time because they're feeling it. So I don't know, but let's close with Beal really quick. Just because you and I haven't talked about him, I don't think. I feel the same even after the pretty aggressive workout that he was doing with John Lucas and Solo in the lead-up to tip-off of the Sixers game, which is I do think he seems close. I don't know if it's worth bringing either of them back against Chicago because that team is not good, and you could probably beat them without those guys, and it's also the last game of a road trip, which is a weird day to try to do something like that, even with the days off between. Maybe it's Friday would be the target for both. I don't really know. That's guessing. But with Beal specifically, I I feel the same as I did in that he, when he comes back, it's probably still going to be a, uh, I, I don't know if it's playing and then resting games, if it's an intense minutes restriction. But when I hear back spasms and it's been this long, I don't think it's snap your fingers and and you're all NBA Bradley Beal anymore. So there's going to be maintenance, I think, with him whenever he comes back. Yeah, and, and I think that intense workout uh, definitely signals that he's definitely getting closer. Um, and I know Vogel uh, said he, he looked good and felt good. There's no firm timetable um, yet. But I think as we get closer to Wednesday, like I think get, having this gap of days off too, after that intense workout, like it, it could lead to like, like you said, like an intense minute restriction. And we could see him as early as against Chicago, just so he gets in back in the, the rhythm of things and has a couple uh, five minute stints, like per half and cap him at 20 minutes, something, something light like that, just to get back in the, the NBA cardio and, and, and all that could, could have field before that Friday game. And uh, that's, that's Friday's kind of weird too, right? Like it's, it's yeah. in season tournament, it's the Lakers, and it's an eight o'clock tip, which I don't think that's a huge deal, but it's just another kind of weird ryth- rhythm game. These two both mm-hmm. were that way in the weekend, and then you have the break till Chicago. Like the sort of every other day, it would have been nice if this was just like a five game homestand where they played every other day for two weeks because you're just like, all right, which game? You know what I mean? But it's kind of a weird yeah. spot on the schedule on top of everything else. Yeah, along with these random like start times and all the, the gaps like this has been a weird start to the NBA season scheduling wise for for the Suns at least like it's it's yeah. kind of all over the place but yeah I think that Lakers game for sure like that feels like the latest that Beal would come back and that's I, that's not sourced at all it's just my prediction uh I, I feel like he's, he's getting really close Booker I feel less confident about being anytime soon just because uh you know calf strain like another injury popping up like they could take that uh, a little more seriously and put him on the men a little bit longer than, you know, most people would like, but, um, it also wouldn't shock me if Friday comes and he's like, no, I'm playing. It's, it's tournament time. Let's go. Yeah. Who knows? I think, uh, another weird tip next Sunday to 6 PM after the 8 PM on Friday. So yeah, it, apparently the Suns cannot just have like seven o'clock games 
all in a row. That's that's not in the cards. The part about Booker, just to remind people, and hate to end it on a down, down note, but it is what it is, he pulled the hamstring the 9th, December 9th, against the Pelicans last year and then missed two games, came back for two games, including the 58-pointer against the Pelicans again in the next weekend, and then missed three games, and then it became the quad thing or groin or whatever uh, after the Nuggets Christmas Day game, and then after that, he missed uh, like 20 games. So that's the concern, I think, whenever you get into a situation like this. And so that's what I think that they'll want to avoid. And I hope that somebody just shows him the game log that I'm looking at and says, hey, let's not do this again, please. You know what I mean? Because it really derailed the season. We all remember watching December and January Suns basketball. It was like torture. So (laughs) if nothing else, uh, let's let's get some entertaining basketball. But no, I mean, for the for the health of him and for the sake of the team, like you just got to be smart. So hopefully it's not the shoes. Hopefully it's not his stubbornness and it is just random flukes. I think that would be the best case at this point. Yep. Like I said earlier, patience is the key. Every Suns fan, if you're not patient, you'll develop it this this season. Uh, you'll have to just just hang in there. Think like better days are ahead. We'll, we'll hey, they waited eight the months court. for Kevin Durant to come to Phoenix. That was pretty patient. We all made it through that. True. But we had uh, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, uh, the twins, to kind of, you know, make up for that. So, but yeah. but yeah, I think it's been a very long process, and everyone just wants to see these three on the court, and I get it. But uh, just remember, it's November fifth. Let's let's all collectively just deep breath. Uh, things will be okay, and and uh, I think we'll all look back in March and kind of laugh at how crazy some of these takes were in November. Hopefully. All right, hit follow, hit subscribe wherever you're finding the show. We're free and available everywhere, including YouTube. So if you liked what you listened to, what you watched, hit that button. We'll be in your feed Monday through Friday. Probably a bonus episode Friday night if uh, if timing works out. It is an 8 o'clock tip, like we said, so I don't know how tired I may or may not be, but that's a big game, in-season tournament, debut of the courts, and a Lakers game on top of all of that. So maybe six episodes this week. Either way. Subscribe to the Sun Locked On Suns TikTok account and the Locked On Suns Insider text alerts, which will start to go live on Monday as well. Both of those links are in the description. Beefing up the Locked On Suns content this season on top of all those shows. Appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Read Brandon at Bright Side of the Sun, and we will catch you guys next time.